We begin today a new Maimer, Mitzvah, Mishatishka Achama, Sachanaka Maimer from Toshin Yud Gimel. But as many of the Maimarim that we've been learning over here, it's a Maimer with a very general theme, relevant to all time of the years. So uh, let's learn, let's begin. The time of the mitzvah of Ner is to light the menorah from the time of Shkia Sachama until the time when the last person comes out of the marketplace. And then the Gemara explains what does it mean the last person that's not in the marketplace. Until the people that gather the firewood to give out at night for the people are not in the marketplace. Those are the last people that are out in the street. That's the time when you collide near Hanukkah in order to fulfill the mitzvah properly, to publicize the miracle, the Pursume Nisa for people that are out in the street. So the question here is, What's the reason that the mitzvah of lighting their Hanukkah is specifically after Shkia, when it's uh, beginning to become dark? The mitzvah of Ne'er Hanukkah, the Rabbanon instituted, Tikkun Seifrim. Or the expression that's used is it's an institution of the Chachamim that are called Seifrim. Whatever Chachamim instituted, they did similar to the way other mitzvahs are, similar mitzvahs are menateira. So So we find menateira, the mitzvah of lighting neiris in the Beis HaMikdosh. So why is Nechanukah different than the neiris in the Beis HaMikdosh in Medeiraisa, which is the mitzvah menateira of lighting candles? That it has to be lit specifically daytime. Meshach zman a period of time before shkia has to be lit at the time of Plaga Mincha, which is about an hour and a quarter before Shkia. And the mitzvah of Ne'er Hanukkah is fulfilled specifically by lighting it after Shkia. Misha Tishka Achama. V'yilu zman adlok is Ne'er Hanukkah, hulacha Shkia Davke. the question is even stronger, Shekola mitzvah de Ne'er Hanukkah, nolkachas, nemtzach, mineris amiktosh, the entire mitzvah of Ne'er Hanukkah, is originated, it comes from the mitzvah of lighting in the Beis HaMikdosh because it's coming to commemorate the nest that happened with the Neir HaMikdosh. Or this is maybe a Rebbe here referring to the famous words of the Ramban in Parshas Baloischa that says that the Neir HaMikdosh are considered to be a mitzvah which is eternal because even when there is no Beis HaMikdosh we still light the Neir Hanukkah. So Neir Hanukkah is a continuation of the mitzvah of lighting the Neir HaMikdosh in that sense. If so, I'm can you pull up So the question is even stronger. Why is Nechanake different than the mitzvah and the mitzvah the where it comes from? And the there, it's dafka to light it during the day. Another point here is Shigam Nedis Shabbos. There's another mitzvah to light candles, and that's the Nedis Shabbos. When's the time to light it? The time to light the Shabbos candles, of course, is before Shabbos, daytime. 
It's only near Hanukkah that the mitzvah is to light it after it begins to become dark. Nechanike is different both from the mitzvah and the to light the candles in the base of Mikdash and the mitzvah with Rabbonon that Chachamim instituted also to light Dafke during the day. When it comes to the mitzvah Nechanike, the mitzvah is to light Nechanike specifically after Shkia. In the Sefer Turberekes, which is a Kabbalah Sefer, written by one of the Talmidim of Rav Chaim Vital, he says, there he says the significance of lighting it at night. Light Ner Chanukah by night is connected to the pillar of fire that was going ahead of the Yidden when they came out of Mitzrayim, and that Amuda Eish was Laila, was by night. Even though we don't find a mitzvah that was by, by uh, that's fulfilled to light Ner Hanukkah by night, but this is connected to the Amudaish, to the pillar of fire that's Dafka by nighttime. of there was a cloud, a pillar of a cloud that uh, was uh, in front of the Eden by day, Laila, and a pillar of fire by night. So therefore the mitzvah of Ner Hanukkah connected to this pillar of fire. Is by night, like the pillar of fire that was at night. Even this connection does not explain why the mitzvah is at night. When did the pillar of fire arrive to Yidin? Actually, before Shkia. As the Rebbe points out from what it says in the Gemara, Bisu the Rabbi Yosef, the wife of Rabbi Yosef, have a She would delay and light near Shabbos, near Shal Shabbos, Somech Lachashecha. She would write, she would light near Shabbos Kodesh, very close to Shkia, right before it, it, it's Shabbos. So Rabbi Yosef wasn't happy about the fact that she lit near Shabbos so, so late. So Amalad Rabbi Yosef, so Rabbi Yosef said to her, Tanya, in a Brayse we learned. The two pillars that was there in front of Yidin was never removed. There was the pillar of a cloud by day and a pillar of fire that was at night. How do we understand this? The pillar of, of a cloud that was there didn't arrive after the pillar of fire first left. And it was open, empty. And then the pillar of a cloud claim, came. No, the pillar of the cloud came before the fire left. And the same thing, The pillar of fire came before the cloud left. The fire, the pillar of fire came before the cloud left. So, so therefore... What is he telling his wife? He's telling her that uh, by the, just like we see over here by the pillar of the fire, that it came still during the day when the pillar of the cloud was still there and not uh, the last moment when it became dark or by Shkia and the pillar of cloud already left, then the fire came. So he was telling his wife that you should light near Shabbos earlier in the day, not so close to Shkia, 
like like it's similar to the pillar of fire. Now, Vahare Pasho, so the Rebbe explains that here in this Gemara, you see that the pillar of fire comes during the day. Vahare Pasho, it's obvious. Shadibisu the Rav Yosef, that the wife of Rav Yosef, she didn't light near Shabbos after Shkia, between Shkia and Tzesekechavim, which is referred to as Bein Hashmoshes, that time period where it's between day and night, sort of. Shaharei, Suffolk Chashecha, Suffolk En Chashecha, Eimad Likin. In that time period, when there's a Suffolk, there's a doubt whether it's already dark, it's part of the night, or still part of the day, of course you're not allowed to light near Shabbos then. Suffolk, you're doing a Malach on Shabbos. So even when she was lighting late, she wasn't lighting then. Ela Bavada Ed Lika Kaidemashkia. She was right. She was lighting near Shabbos before Shkia. Afaf became Amalad of Yosef. She shouldn't light near Shabbos right before Shkia, a few moments before Shkia. She should light earlier. A certain while before Shkia, like our minigas today, whether you would light eighteen minutes before and different minhagim, how long before? But we don't light near Shabbos right before Shkia. And he brought her an example for this. Because the pillar of fire that the Eden had going ahead of them arrived during the day. So from this itself, we also have a question. So what it says in Tur Berekes, that Ner Chanukah is lit by night because it's connected to the Amud Eish, but the Amud Eish itself, as we see clearly, came during the day. So the question is, Why is the mitzvah of Ner to be lit dafka after shkia. This is the question. This is a question, of course, that's asked in all of the Maimonim of Hanukkah. Yuvam back the Mashakosov. So this could be understood by first bringing the postic that it says in Kahelas. And the sun sets. And it yearns to go to its place. And it shines. The sun shines over there. So simply it's not understood. Why is the Pasuk saying that when the sun sets and it yearns to go there, but it shines there? The sun is shining in the place that it sets. The sun setting and the sun coming up and shining are two opposite things. So what's the Pasuk saying? That the sun is setting... And it shines over there. But the idea of the sun setting is the opposite. That the shine of the sun is uh, concealed, removed from uh, this place. So why is the Pasuk When the sun goes down and it becomes dark, that's when the sun shines. So the explanation, the answer here is as follows. He makes it. When we speak about the sun here, what are we talking about? So the Pasuk says, Kishemesh and the sun and its shield are all an analogy for Havaya and Alakim. For the two names of the Ebishter, Havaya, which is revelation, like the sun that shines, and Alakim, which is a shield that conceals. The Shemesh Stam, it speaks about the sun, Koy al It's a marshal for the Ebishter for Shemavaya. It says in the Gemara regarding Shimshin that Shimshin al Nikra. His name, Shimshin, is related to the Abishta's name. Shinema So we see that the Abishta is referred to as a Shemesh, as a sun, the source of light. And that was the name of Shimshin. And the same thing over here, when we speak about in this Pasik in Kehalas of Shemesh it's speaking about the Gilui of the Abishta. 
Gili Shemeshavaya, where is there a revelation of Shemeshavaya who Bailamatsilos? It's in the world of Atsilos, that's a place where godliness is revealed. The infinite presence of the Abish is felt there in every aspect of the existence of the world of Atsilos. That's the place where there's the shine of, of the sun of Avaya. And when the Pasik in Kihela says that the sun sets, this refers to the Shemesh Avaya that becomes concealed because of a curtain that's blocking its shine. The curtain, this is a tzimtzum that withholds the open revelation of Atzilus to, to, to come down further into the next world below Atzilus, and therefore over there the sun sets. In other words, the sun doesn't reach the revelation that exists in the world of Atzilus does not come down, does not get revealed in the worlds of Biyah. Eilam is Biyah. And the Rebbe here explains that the difference between the world of Atsilus and the world of Biyah is not just a difference that uh, Biyah is one level lo- lower, the next world below Atsilus. Because on one hand you could think that Atsilus and Biyah, Biyah receives its hashpa from the world of Atsilus. It's a... Uh, Malchus Atzilus is the source of the Ashpah that comes into the world of Biyah. But really, Atzilus and Biyah, the reality of these two worlds, are totally opposites. The Batzilus, in the world of Atzilus, what's simple and what's obvious is the existence of the Ebeshter there. The Olamis Bishachos, any entity, anything that exists, that emerges as an existence for itself, that's something which is a novelty. You have to look and see and ask, Chachma, what's Chachma Datsilus? There's an entity of Chachma Datsilus that exists as on its own. No, you look at Chachma Datsilus, you see right away what it is. It's a revelation of the Eivishter expressing himself through Chachma, coming through the sphere of Chachma, and the same with all the other spheres. You see clearly what it's about. Each one of the spheres is just another mode of expression of who the Eivishter is. The fact that this is part episomatsius, that's something which is a chiddish, that even in Atsilis you can say that there's something that exists. In the next world of Biyah, so when we speak about this curtain, it's not just simply a curtain to separate, but it creates a whole new reality, which is the total reverse of what exists in Atsilis. The fact that there's an existence. That's obvious. You see that there's something that emerges, that exists, that at his dot, he's a Matthias. Then the fact that there's a Lakos, that there's a godly revelation, a godly presence, that is really the essence of everything, that's not as obvious. That's more of a novelty in the worlds of Biyah. Of course, in, the, in each one of these worlds, to different varying degrees. We're talking about Briya, Yitzira, and Asiya. In the world of Briya, so it says in Chesilis that this is only a Fshari Yisamitziyas. This is only a potential. It's just the very, very beginning and source of an entity that comes into being. So the Eilamis Bipshitis over there is not as strong as it is in the world of Asiya. Which is, and of course in Asiya Hagashmi is a physical world where the Eilamis Bipshitis is to a much stronger extent. Shalachain Tzarech Kama Vekama Rayez Vezbainanus And therefore... Especially here in this world, coming down to the Gashmizuga world, you need to have proofs. And you have to think and see, to contemplate, to come to see the godliness that there is in the world. So this is the concealment of Shemesh Avaya, the sun of the revelation of Avaya, 
That's what the Pasuk is referring to when it talks about the sun setting. The reality that exists in the lower Eilamas, especially in the world of Asiya, where there's a total concealment on the presence of the Eibishta. And if someone comes to a recognition of the Eibishta's presence in the world, that's a chiddush. That's, that's something that he has to work on, to come, to see, to be misbeinen, and to find a raya, to see the presence of the Eibishta. And regarding this, the Pasuk says, he would say, of course, in the world of Atzillus, that's the place where the truth is shining, where the presence of the Eibishta is there clearly, openly, and the 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 the, elements, the entity that exists recognizes and knows what it really is. In the world of biyat, this is a, like it's called the alma de shikra. Here it's a place where it's a lie, it's darkness, it's separated, it's 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 total concealment. So here the pasuk is coming and telling you that the sun that sets yearns to be dafkidvir in that place where it sets, and that's where it truly shines. The truth is that the concealment is not for real, which means the gam even in the lowest world of biyah, including in Asiya, in the lowest aspect of Asiya, the presence of the Eibishter is here, and the Eibishter is shining here. The presence of the Eibishter, the shine of the sun of Avaya, that's here in Biyah, is even stronger than it is in Atzillus. So it's not only that the truth is that the presence of the Eivishter extends and reaches even into Asiyah, but in Adarabetafke, in Asiyah, this is the place where there's a yearning, there's a revelation of Avalokos here, even more than in the higher Elamis. What's the reason for this? The Kivin, Shanesava, Kadosh Baruch Hu, Lius, Leis, Barach, When the Eivishter creates the world, all the worlds, the highest and the lowest, from Atzillus to Asiyah. So the purpose and the desire of the Ebishta in the creation was Davke to have a dwelling in the worlds below. So Nimtso, Shadavke Bishkiyas Hashem, Shadavke in that world where the sun sets, where you don't have the open revelation like you have in Atzillus. Piridosa, Bailam is Biyah, Davke in the lowest world, in the world of Biyah. Oz hi ikra That's ultimately the real place where it's the true revelation of the Eibishter. Shana said, in the lowest world, that's the place which we could create a dwelling for the Eibishter, Dafke here below. That's Adarab. That's the whole purpose of creation, Dafke in this world. Dafke in the lowest world in Tachtainim. So that's the title of this Pasuk here. Dafke Sham. In other places it says, Sham refers to a place even of Klippa, a place that's outside of Kedusha, in Eilam Asiyah, Gufa, in the lowest place of Eilam Dafke in that place, is where you have the real revelation of the Eibishter. Ultimately, the Dirib Tachtainim is fulfilled, Dafke here. So to explain this, so the Rebbe said one point, the point of Nisab, that this was the Eibishter's desire, that we know that the purpose of creation is not any of the higher worlds, the Medrash is telling us that the purpose of creation is the Eivishter's desire to be and to have a dwelling dafka in the worlds below. But here in the next paragraph, the Rebbe will explain also with a Hezber, to see, to prove that it's so. That we can see from creation itself that the purpose of creation is not in the Ruchnius, not in Eilam Atzilus, but dafka in Gashmius, in Eilam in the lowest worlds, in Eilam the 
purpose, the goal of creation is this low world, this Shugmara Briya. So first of all, the first point here is this is the conclusion. This is the end point of the of creation. It begins in Seder Ishtalshlus, creates first the worlds of Atsilus, and from there it evolves the Seder Ishtalshlus, and it comes down to the next Elam of Briya, till you have Elam Azatachtin. So this is the Gemara Briya. So therefore we know that that's the purpose just from this itself. Like a person sets out to build a big building. So he has a certain purpose, something that he's going to be occupying this building with, to do with it, that is going to be fulfilled when he's done, when the whole building is up and everything is complete to be able to be used. His purpose is fulfilled only when he completes his work. So when a person starts off, he may he has grand plans and it all exists in his mind, it all exists in his in the world of ideas and the theory that he has about what this building is going to use, what is the purpose he's going to use it for, and so on. That's all in a ruchni is the world. But there's no purpose in that. Then he makes the plans, and after he makes the plans, he begins building it. You have the foundation and every other part of the building until you actually have the finished product. The building is standing with everything it needs in it, and now it can be used. So the physical building, the end, of the whole entire Seder Ishtalshlis, from the idea in his mind, until he actually has the finished product, so we could see that the purpose is the Gemara Malacha, the building. Same is also with all the various worlds. In Seder Ishtalshlis, the Tebish to create, which are called a Binyan, so what is, as we see in the Lashon of Chazal, it's referred to as a Binyan. Kemaimer HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Abisha is building the worlds. Where is the completion of the Abisha's purpose of creation? That's when the Malacha, the work of creating all the elements, is completed in the, in the lowest and the last of the worlds, when that is the actual completion of creation. In the lowest worlds of Biyah, specifically in this low world here that we're living in. This is the completion of creation, and therefore this is where the purpose is. So this is the first point where we can see that the kavana of creation is dafkin gemara malachi and oilam Because the, the higher oilamis, they come before, just like in a, when a person is building a uh, building. So there's the ruchni, is the aspect. When a person has the plans and the ideas, and he imagines, he envisions exactly what the building is for, what purpose each room will serve, and so on. So the, the, the building exists. It exists in his mind, in a ruchni is the world. But then, that very same building has to be built by Gashmis, to exist by Gashmis, to come down to build it. The same thing also, when the Eivishter creates the Eilamis, Eilamat Silas. Eilamat Silas, Lamayla, the Machshav of the Eivishter, the ruchni is the Eilamis, is not just, just an imagination, like it exists in a person's mind. But it's a real existence. There's a world, a ruchni is the world, that exists of Atzilus. So there's an existence in Atsilus that's the source that from there, from everything that exists in Atsilus, it comes down and it evolves that that should be the same existence but Begashmis, to come down from one world to the next to the next until you have the very same existence the way it exists in the lower world, Begashmis. So the purpose is, is the final thing, the final product that comes down Begashmis. So this is the first sort of raya, the first indication that we see that the Kavon is Dafka Elam Hazat the hemshach of this uh, paragraph 
the Rebbe will bring another two points, another two rayas to explain that the kavana of creation is dafka elamaza tachtin.